0: That's all I need to say
1: Sometimes I wonder how busy are our lives. I mean, we hear things all the time, like, I just had more time. But what we know is that God made 24 hours in a day and He said it was good. So therefore, we do have time. We have so much stuff in our lives. You ever feel like just the THE VOLUME OF YOUR LIFE IS SO LOUD THAT YOU CAN'T HEAR ANYTHING. I MEAN, CAN I GET A WITNESS THIS MORNING? That, that, THAT IS OUR WORLD. THERE'S NO ROOM FOR ANYTHING. AND THAT'S A LIE TOO. IT IS. WE MAKE ROOM FOR WHAT'S IMPORTANT IN OUR LIVES. WE sang A SONG ABOUT THAT. AND THE TRUTH IS, IS THAT IF WE DON'T HAVE ROOM FOR, for JESUS, THEN WE'RE DOING EVERYTHING ON OUR OWN STRENGTH and on our own strength, we can do nothing apart from Him. He never leaves us, but it's up to us. I just want to, I just want to say this morning, for me and for all of us, make room. Make room to hear His voice. Make room in everything that you do, include Him because He's there. You know, where can I go from your presence, Lord? If I, if I, if I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my, my bed in the depths of the dead, you are there. He will never leave you and never has in everything. So this morning, Lord, we open our hearts. We clear out the junk in our lives and we put you first, Lord, today.
0: Thank you. No room in the inn for the Savior. Sadly, they turned him away. Send him on out to the stable. Let him be born with the sheep and the hay. No room for Jesus. No our worship for Jesus, forsaking his will for a stage, content to just go through the motions, get through the list, then we'll call it a day, no room for Jesus, no room for Jesus. Every night, is build you a throne with my worship. I live for communion, no matter the price. There's room for Jesus, always room for Jesus.
2: Just make it a little more personal and say, I make room for you. I make room
3: There's a lot of needs in the house today. Let me just ask you a question. Are you here today and you know that you need God to do something? There's something happening and you need God to move in your life. Is that you? Can you just lift your hand up real quick? Can you just say, yeah, that's me. This morning in prayer, we were talking about expectation and the power of it. And what I'd like to tell you today, the same God that rescued you and saved you is the same God that knows exactly what you're struggling with today. The same God that rescued the Hebrew boys from the fiery furnace is the same God that knows exactly what's going on in your life right now. But too many times we don't expect God to do the big things. And you know why? I think I think sometimes it's because we're afraid to pray for big things. So we scale it down. So I, I'm gonna pray for some small things. It reminds me of so many times when I've seen the Holy Spirit fall in such a powerful way and, and you've heard this story before but I remember the moments of watching a woman who was completely blind and actually seeing the cataracts that had fallen out of her eyes in that moment all the different things that I've seen throughout my life and it challenges us how big are we believing do we really believe that God will step up and do it again do we really believe that God your word says that with just a faith the size of a grain of mustard seed you say that I I can speak the impossible as long as it's in your will and see it happen So, Father, do you really mean that I I can speak to that cancer? Does it really mean I can speak to a broken marriage? Does it really mean that I can speak to the depression that keeps coming after me? Does it really mean that I can speak over my business? Does it really mean that I can see the culture around me going to hell in a handbasket, but yet I can find joy because I know that God is still in control? bottom line is there comes a time when you have to say God you've done it once you can do it again come on turn to your neighbor right now and say it's going to happen again it's going to happen again and that's what I'm waiting for because it's going to happen right here some of you are going to experience God in a new way tonight this morning you are So shift your expectation. Shift your expectation. Mm. I love this song.
2: Mm. Mm -hmm.
3: Walking around these walls I thought by now they But you have never failed me yet. Is that not right? Mm. I'm waiting for change to come knowing the battles won, <laughs> but you have never failed me. Glad you here. never fail, where your word says that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, we stand upon that promise, let it be today, Father where the enemy has stolen joy, I speak joy overflowing. Where fear has found root, we curse that root. And we speak confidence in who Jesus is. And today, we declare healing. We declare restoration. We declare salvation. We declare it in this house right now. In Jesus' name. Going all across this house. If you can agree with that prayer, can you just shout a big amen? Oh, uh, come on. Y'all just kind of playing now. Man. Can you just turn to your neighbor and say, I serve a good God? Wow. I want to tell you, I love this day. Can you just give the Lord one more big praise offering this morning? He's good.
4: Good morning, Three Oaks, how are we feeling this morning? Come on, a little bit louder, that's better, that's better.
5: It's looking good, looking good. Well man, we are so excited that you guys have chosen to join us this morning. Not just joining us, but the word says there were two and more are gathered in whose name Jesus, there he is in the midst of them. So we know right here this morning, you ain't just in good company, you are in kingly company, That's royal right. company this morning, man. And it's so excited to have you guys here. But there's some things we want to make sure that we cover with you. First off, I don't know if you've been having problems in the mornings, maybe finding a seat, maybe finding a parking lot. Man, hands up to our parking lot crew, they're phenomenal out there. We love those guys. But here's the thing we are growing. And as we're doing that, we want to make sure that we are connected with each and every person in this church. Because there's one thing that I can assure you is that you are not a number on a stat sheet, right? That is not all that you are to us. We want to make sure that each person is connected with. And we have a couple of ways that we can do that this morning. Megan, we have the tried and true method, That's right? right? The connection card. You've heard it said many, many times before, but if you'll look around on your seat, you can find it sitting there. We even have pins on the seats. That's right, we if, do. If you didn't bring a pin, we Extra got you this morning. For you guys. Please make sure you fill out. There's some information on there. You can fill that out. Maybe you don't like doing the card thing. You don't like writing stuff down a lot. I get it. There's a couple of other ways you can do it as well. You can, first off, you can text welcome to the number right behind me as soon as you do that. That's gonna send you a connection card right to your phone. Or you can always go to 30 and there's a connection card you can fill out right there online, isn't there, Megan?
4: That's right. And then we also have a fun way to connect with our first visitors, you hear me say it every week, but it is super important and super fun for us here who are in the building today. If it is your first time, your first time in a really long time, and you just want to see some new faces, meet some of the staff, meet some of our pastors and volunteers, we would love for you to join us directly after service in the cafe area. You'll see the big sign that says guests, We just want to get to connect with you and share a little bit about the church, answer any questions that you might have. So if you are a first time visitor, if it's your first time in a long time, come find us back there after church, right after service ends, right in the cafe. I think that's all we got. Y'all welcome Grant Ross to the stage, please.
6: Amen. Praise the Lord, Three Oaks Church, good to see you. Y'all excited to be in the house this morning? Hey, that was great. I'm excited to be here with you. Uh, scripture says this in psalm chapter 150 it's uh, only got six verses so bear with me as i'm reading ushers if you would go ahead and join me in the front as we continue worship our receiving morning tithes and offerings it says this it says praise ye the lord praise god in his sanctuary praise him in the firmament of his power praise him for his mighty acts praise him according to his excellent greatness praise him with the sound of the trumpet With the sound of the psaltery and the harp, praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And he says it one more time for good measure. Praise ye the Lord. With everything that we do, um, I remember my my daddy used to sing this old song back in the old country. And the song, some of you may remember it from the Jesus movement in the 60s and the 70s. But the song, I I actually want to see a wave of your hand if you remember it. Your life is the only Bible that some people will read. That's why you must be careful of the things you say and do. And the the song went on like that. But it's true. It's true. I I heard a preacher say it one time. He said the Bible is still being written and you are the testaments that are being added every day. So through everything in your life, through your generosity, and if you want to know whether you're amongst the generous people, look around. You're a blessed people. The people to your left, they're blessed. The people to your right, they're blessed. Don't get that way by being stingy. But there is, there is an anointing on you for generosity. And so because that's what you give out, that's what you attract as well. All these leadership laws, they get it from the Bible. As man thinks, so easy. who said that somebody brilliant the guy's name was jesus you know so <laughs> so you are a blessed people because you are a generous people um and so you know with that uh one more thing that finances are the wheels of the gospel it's what affords us to be able to take it and shoot it literally around the globe several times get with pastor clay sometime he'll show you the list of the countries that we get to affect not because of pretty faces up here and because of talent and, and goodness knows we're, th- this is a very talented group of people. But it's also because of you. It's because the favor that God has bestowed upon you, the grace, the ability to help us do what we do. So thank you all for your, uh, your faithfulness. You're like your father in heaven who is faithful. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for all you've done. You're a faithful God. And because you, our Father in heaven, is faithful, your DNA runs through our veins, and so we are faithful because we are like you. So God, your word says that pressed down, shaken together, even running over, you'll cause man to bring it back into us. We thank you for it. We honor you for it. We thank you that you rebuke the devourer for our sake. So blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in our rising up and the going down of the same. May the name of the Lord be praised. We love you in Jesus' wonderful name. One more time, can you shout amen, Three Oaks Church? We love you.
7: Good morning and welcome in, everyone. We'll take a quick minute and let you know what's happening here at Three Oaks. Well, back in January, our church introduced a brand new ministry called Save One. It's an incredible outreach for families dealing with the decision of abortion. For January's Mission Sunday, Three Oaks raised over $2,100 to help jumpstart this new ministry. So thank you for stepping up and pouring in to save one. There's no doubt many lives will be changed. Our next Mission Sunday opportunity will be on February the 26th for John T.L. Mozbach and Mozbach World Mission. The Young Families Valentine's Banquet's coming up next Saturday night, February the 11th. The cost is just $25 per couple. You can't eat out anywhere for that. And moms and dads, you can still sign up out in the lobby after service today. Don't miss this wonderful night, a delicious dinner, along with a message from Pastor Clay and Miss Tawana, a perfect way to celebrate the holiday together. The following morning, February 12th, please join us for Communion Sunday here at Three Oaks. And then that evening, man, pick your team and head over to Fairview Pizza for the big game. Kickoff's at 5.30 p.m., so come early and grab a table and be ready for a fun night with some great guys. Don't forget God's Classics potluck breakfast coming up on February the 18th. And today, right after service, Gary and Paula would love for all of God's Classics members to meet up out in the lobby for a great big group photo. There's always so many ways to spend time together and keep on growing as a family here at Three Oaks. Now before we settle in for a great message this morning, let's take a minute and stand up, say hello to someone around you.
3: As you make your way back to your seats this morning thank you you guys it seems like that portion of the service gets longer and longer every week you know I, I love this house I, I love the opportunity to get to be a part of everything this church does I, I we are blessed y'all we are so blessed and today I'm looking around and and just feeling thankful just feeling thankful you know because the truth is I like you don't deserve the things that God has blessed me with but yet here we are and He's faithful isn't He? He's faithful and I am always going to be grateful that Tuan and I get to share life with every one of you and there's so many unique stories in this house Yet last week though, I wanted to share something really quick with you that we shared last week is I told you about the new building program for our education building. And what I'd like to do before I even talk about that, for those that weren't here last week, I want to show you just really quickly uh, something that Alan put together for us on the screens on the wall. And I want to help the Word be the disruptor in your life right now. Because we live in a time that if people don't wake up to what's happening around us, we're going to find that uh, the thing that we hope doesn't happen will be upon us so fast that there's nothing else we can do about it but hang on and keep praying. I'm telling you, we're in a time now that we need to be praying, but we also need to be active in being the people of God and standing for biblical morality and biblical worldview values. Yeah. It's as simple as that. That's the kids' building that's uh, already on our plans, and one of the challenges that we face in our world is the all-out attack of the enemy on our kids. Can anybody see that, right? And as I did last week, I want to say this again, I want to put our hands together and show some love and appreciation to our administrators and teachers that are in our public school systems that are working hard to maintain. They're working hard, they're in the mission field, y'all. So we're grateful for them. But we also know that we wanna be able to help provide choices. And one of the convictions of our heart is that we desperately need to be able to have a place where we can partner with other places in our community, to give a place where we can have an education for our kids that's based on the gospel of Jesus, that's based on, Bi- on the Bible. Biblical morals, right? We need that desperately. And I, I believe this, that it's not only something that we should do, it's something we have to do. And I will say this too, so I'm going to ask our ushers to come up. I told you about this last week, so they're going to come up real quick. And we're going to take up our very first building program offering for this. And here's, here's what I want to say just real quickly is some of you in this room can make a massive difference in this. And I'm asking you to do that. What will we do to make sure that our kids have what they need. Let's talk about it on another way. Is this, our kids' rooms, our nurseries, all that, they're overflowing. On Wednesday nights, we're overflowing. On that, we need the room, period. But when we look at the bigger scope of everything, we realize that we want to be the place that our community knows that we're going to care and speak truth to our children. We're going to raise them and teach them the ways of the Lord. And as we do that, I know some of you can. Some of you that are watching today, I know that you're able to do significant things and some of you, I've spoken with some, you're looking for a way to give and to help be a part of the solution. So I'm asking you today to pray about it. And then once you prayed for 30 seconds just do it. But it will make a difference. You can do that by going online. Number one, you can give online. There's a thing that says for a building fund. You can put it right there. Everything that comes in the building fund right now goes straight into that building. that's going to be one right beside us, right over here. And we're, we're, we feel pressured because we feel like we're behind. And we need to do this as quickly as we can. But we also decided, you know what, we're going to pay for it. We're going to make sure that this is done and done right. So I want to challenge you to be a part of that. You can do that online. You can mail it in. To f- at, and our mailing address is on the screen as well or in the comments. If you're here today, I want to challenge you. Maybe you didn't come in and you were prepared to do this today. That's fine. But what I want to tell you is over the next while, we're going to be talking about this a lot. Because it's so important. And I'm challenging you let's make a difference and then we're going to do at the end of every month while we're building toward this we're going to let you know exactly where we're at and how much has come in and where that is i'll be sharing with you some of the the target prices that are coming in we still have one bid left to come in so when that comes in what i can't tell you it's a significant amount we could say that right so unless if you're somebody that says you know what pastor we don't even want to take up any, let me just take care of it. Who is that right now? Just raise your hand. Okay. Anyway, okay. If somebody raised their hand, I'd have passed out, but anyway, it's okay. But I want to tell you, one of the things I believe sincerely with my heart, this is one of the most blessed houses, and it's because you are generous. So today for me and Tawana, thank you for being a part of this journey, and let's look forward to what God's about to do, amen? It's gonna be good, y'all. Let's pray. Father, we speak over this project. We know you placed it in our hearts. Lord, you placed it in our hearts years ago without us knowing the timing that was gonna come and why it was gonna be so important. Father, today, I pray over every person who has the ability to give, that, Lord, you will begin to work on their behalf that as they sow seed, Lord, you're going to bring back a harvest of incredible good in their lives. But more so than what we receive, Father, we give because of the need. And perhaps meeting that kingdom need will prepare us for the miracle that we need. Lord, we thank you today, and I speak blessing over every person in Jesus' mighty name amen and amen go ahead gentlemen and as they're doing that I want to go ahead and kind of jump right into what we have for you today and my intention is not to keep you for an incredibly long time Uh, I looked at the at the clock it's beautiful outside so I figured I could finish this up in a couple of hours and we're all going to be nice By the time we get out of church, it'll be 60 degrees outside. So, uh, and at the end of the week, it'll be back in the 30s. But anyway, thank you, Tennessee. But today, really, what I want to talk about is an idea in this new series called alignment. Because the reality is we need to learn how to live on point in a pointless culture. We live in a time where our culture, and and, and I'm not going to, Harp on this, but we live in a time where it's not just uh, like a fringe group of people that look and see that our culture and our world is spinning out of control. They're, it's pointless, it's kind of like uh, balloons in the sky. Sometimes you got to get ahead of the ball game, not after the ballgame's over. But there are a lot of pointless things in our culture today. So what do we do as believers? We live on point. What is on point? We need to be in alignment with who God needs us to be. And you see, I, I don't know many people who say, I'm a believer, I'm a child of God, I choose Jesus. I don't know many people that, uh, that don't want to be in alignment with God. But there's this friction that happens between culture, tradition, all these different things they flow around and it will conflict against what the Spirit is calling you to. And what I want to do is take some time today. And as I was reading the Bible uh, and studying for today, there was this particular passage that kept coming to mind, and and before I read that for you today, and there's really just a couple of things I want to point out in it that I think can radically turn your situation around, but I want you to think about this. Uh, Grant Ross was referring to this chapter when he was talking, but it's Deuteronomy chapter 28, and in Deuteronomy chapter 28, it's talking about the blessings of God. It's talking about how do we walk in that blessing. You know, it's, it's this, if we're aligned with God, what will happen in our lives is that He will open the doors that we need opened. He will take care of the things that need to be taken. When this church is in alignment with God's mission, with God's vision, then there's no amount of resource that's, uh, that's not available. It's the same thing in your life. So what I want you to see is we have to make sure to, in order to live blessed, to live anointed, to live as somebody who's accomplishing good things in this crazy world, we need to understand we must come into alignment with God's ways. And I think that's a challenge for us because we live in a world that says, no, no, uh, let's do it my way. I want faith to meet me where I want faith to meet me. I want God to show up where I want God to show up. And you know, it's like, I want God to overlook my behavior and still bless me even though His Word tells me that He won't. So we need to have an understanding of what this means for us so that we can walk in that fullness if we want to be blessed by God so before we even read our scripture I want to start with a key thought and it's simply this because you need to come into that alignment It's this: to truly live on point requires you to align yourself with God's ways to be blessed by him you have to align yourself with God's ways to be blessed by God it's kind of common sense isn't it so I think it's important for us. And, and you know, there's a guy in the Bible, his name's David. We've all heard stories of David, some amazing stories, right? But even David had to come into alignment with God in order to find his destiny. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is what is the gateway to your destiny? What is the gateway to you experiencing an anointing a gifting, a calling in your life. What is that? Now, am I'm, I'm a very practical speaker. I, I like to sit, take things and say, how do we apply this to everyday life? Because that's what it should do. It should help us. And here's what I want to do. We're going to open up our Bibles in the book of 1 Samuel. And as we get ready to read our word, could you just stand to your feet in honor of the word today? 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16, and I want to look at verses 4 through 13. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. Let me, while we're reading that, while it's up there, I just want to give you some backstory. Is Saul, is the anointing's lifted off of Saul, the king. All right? So what's happening in this is Samuel, the prophet, has been told by God, that he needs to go and anoint the next king, the new king, all right? Now, he's going to do this while the current king, who's got a really bad attitude and is not in a very nice season of his life and holds Samuel's life in his hands truly is what the word shows us there. But he's going, and and God said, I'm going to take you to that place, and I'm going to show you who that king's going to be, and I want you to anoint him. It's very important. So now let's read. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at the appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Can somebody say, thank you for that, Lord. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse had Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. It's not a good day for Jesse so far. Thus Jesse made seven of the sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. He wasn't even invited to the party. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down. Very, power, very strong thing there. For we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good-looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Oh, there's some good stuff in here, y'all. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to come into your house with amazing people to share your word. And Lord, today as we sow this seed, I pray, Father, you'll find fertile soil in every single one of our hearts. And Father, I pray this, that that seed would be part of what convicts us. Let your spirit convict us of the places where we fall short so that we can be better because that's the goal and Lord I pray this that your word would bring back a harvest of good in every one of our lives and Lord as always we ask you when we leave this place today our time together that we will leave here changed in Jesus' name Amen And amen. You can be seated this morning. So, in this passage, as I kept reading and kept reading over this, and the Lord kept taking me back to certain places as as I was praying through what needed to be shared with all of you, our church family. And one of the first things that stepped up to me, or stood out to me, was this place where we realized, he said, Jesse brought seven of his sons before the prophet. And you know, seven is very distinctive in word. It's the number of completion. It's, it's a very strong thing. But yet, what we see is they went and got the eighth, which would signify to us that he's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. In other words, there are seasons and times where God won't follow the the standard path of things. He will find the people that don't seem like they would be doing this. It doesn't, they're not the gifted one. They're not the best looking one. They're not the biggest. They're not the one that the culture looks at and says, oh, there's a leader. No, no, no. God sees differently. And I love this. Jesse has gone through all this and took all of his sons through this, and yet none of them were the one that God had called, the one that God wanted Samuel to anoint. So what we can see is that God was doing a new thing. How many of you know you need a new thing in your life? You need God to do a new thing? Some of you need a new filling of the Spirit of God in your life. What are you waiting for? Some of you need a closer walk with God. you said, man, my old walk is, I need a new walk with God. What are you waiting for? See, God is always ready to move. He's always ready to do something. The problem's not God, the problem is us. It's like, Lord, I want to be closer to you, but, Lord, I just don't have time to pray. Lord, I want to be closer to you, but you know what? I get so tired of pastors saying, everybody needs to serve, Doesn't he know I work 60 hours a week? 60 hours, a bunch of lazy people. When we come to it, we realize there's a part we play. And when I see this, I think it's fascinating to really dig down into this and say, okay, how did this work in our lives? So here, I'm going to give you two more thoughts for today. And the next one is simply this. If you're going to live on point, you need to lay aside everything else and respond to the call of the anointing. This is very important. I want you to think about this just for a moment. Think about David, the youngest. Now, I want you to remember that historically when you you talk to people who study this and theologians and you start to research this, you'll realize that they're pretty certain, and seemingly I would agree with them, is they're pretty certain that Jesse and the boys did not know what was going on. You'd say, well, how how can you say that? Well, remember when the oldest brother, when when David went out to fight Goliath, when he showed up with sandwiches for the for the brothers because they were all too chicken to take care of what God called them to do, and he said, "Is there no cause?" And his brother starts razzing on him, and, and saying, "Oh yeah, you just come out here to make fun of everybody and da da da," and start you know you of small stat, all these different things, the derogatory things. If he had known that his brother was going to be the king, he probably would have treated it a little differently. Yet, we see this, that God anoints in the places where sometimes we're very anonymous to the world. So what I want to help you understand is so many times we think if God's calling us to something, if God's got an anointing for us, we're looking for this very public moment where we're just, we're, it's like there this public time of anointing, of, oh, recognize the call on their life. Yet what we see happening with David was this was just in front of his family, and he didn't even understand the full purpose. All we know next is that Samuel took the horn of anointing oil and anointed David with that oil. But now David had a choice too. Which brings us back to the point. I just share this on the screen. I love this. Think about David. David was not invited to the party, first of all. Jesse, for whatever reason, and maybe there's maybe it wasn't Jesse being bad, maybe Jesse wasn't being dismissive, maybe it was just a work day and they had sheep that had to be taken care of. Somebody had to keep their eyes on them. So what happened? You know, he could have given any son that role, yet he chose David. Why? Because he was the least likely for Samuel to want to anoint in his father's eyes. So number one, it tells us that sometimes even the people around us, can't see the possibility of us walking in an anointing that God has for us. But what happens is David could have gotten stuck in that thought process. What if David had said, no, no, I can't leave the sheep? No, he didn't. What do we see is he immediately responded. Then you say, well, that's how that was back in those days. Yeah, I understand he honored his father, all those things. But yet, I think it's a powerful truth for us to realize when God has an anointing for you, if there's a time when Uh, When there's an anointing season in a church's life, you need to be in there and responding to that call. You need to be responding because that may be the place where God said, I'm showing up to give you what you need to get to the other place in your life. I'm here to give you the anointing that you need, but you've got to respond. Too many times in our own lives, we don't respond. And I, I love this. God didn't send the oil to David. Don't you think about it. Samuel didn't say, oh, you know what? Hey, hang on, let's, let's, let's go out there to where he is and then let me do this. No, no. Samuel didn't send the oil to David. David had to come to the oil. David had to come to the place. He had a part to play. Yet we live in a culture where we want everything to be easy. We want everything to come to us. But can I tell you this? If that's what you're waiting for, you're just going to keep on waiting. Because here's what I've learned in my life is, you know what God honors? God honors people who He calls and they act. When they don't have the resources, yet they obey God anyway. Anyway. When it seems impossible, they still obey. All these things put together, I think it's such an important point of view for every single one of us to realize that God is calling, are you responding? We live in a time, and you need to grab a hold of this today, guys, because everything we see around us that's happening, you can feel, you can see that God is moving, and you can also see the other side. You can see the darkness that's just increasing and increasing. But instead of being the church that waits for the anointing to come to them, why don't we go after the anointing? That's what the world needs. The world needs us to be light. The world needs us to walk in the fullness of the anointing. The world needs you to walk in who God created you to be. But yet we fall into this thing. say, "Well, I'm not good enough. I've made too many mistakes. I'm not this. I'm not that. Well, you know what? I, I don't. I can't speak like this person. I can't sing like that person. Or I can't. I can't communicate with people like this person. And you know, and I I don't have the resources to do it like this person. Stop it. Because what God's wanting to do is to anoint you to prepare you for what's coming." When I look back at my life, I never in the world thought I would do this. Now I can't imagine not doing this. I didn't have the ability or the skill set, but yet God anointed me. And see, some a lot of people don't even know this, but it happened in I got Ringgold, Georgia. Ringgold, Georgia. Does anybody even know where that's at? There we go. Some of you know what's that? Y'all are country. All right, so. <laughs> Ringo, Georgia, I was down there doing some work with a band, and when we were there, uh, one of the guys said, hey, there's this, this uh, revival service going on just next door. And uh, he says, so let's, let's all go. So we said, oh, let's go. Now, you got to remember, I had uh, really long hair, and uh, that, that matters here in a minute. But anyway, so I remember going. So The point I want to make is that anytime time we would go to a church service or something like that, it was like the heathens were just walking in. You know, even though we weren't. But anyway, that's another story. And I remember going in, and in the service, this, uh, they, were, they were speaking and all this stuff, and then they went to the altar call. Some of my friends went and were just involved, and in I remember it was really powerful. Everybody was sitting around on the floor praying, and just kind of, it was a real somber, silent moment. No crazy stuff was going on, anything like this. And so I'm sitting there praying, in all honesty, I was hungry, and I was ready to go. I was like, how long are these crazy people going to pray? You know, and I'm like, man, what's going on? So all of a sudden, you know, and I'd seen, I'd seen uh, the speaker, and, she, and they were walking around and praying for people. And all of a sudden, I, I, I could tell somebody was walking up behind me as I was on the floor, and I did like what every Christian does when we felt somebody come, and I started praying a little louder so they'd think I was really <laughs> into it. That's terrible, isn't it? But you do it. You know you do. Anyway, so the next thing I knew is I felt something on my head. And I'm like, what is that? And then all of a sudden, I felt it coming down my head. Then it came down all over my clothes. And I I was in shock. And what had happened... Was this minister had taken the oil and was pouring it over my head. The whole thing. Yeah, you say praise God. I wasn't saying praise God. I was like going, do you know how long it's going to take me to wash my hair to get that out? (laughs) This is just spirituality practicum, you know. And I was was angry, y'all. Because here's what I thought, I went right into my flesh and right into my own emotions and I thought, she's doing that because she thinks I'm a sinner. I was, I was mad. Didn't understand, had no understanding, never thought about the oil of Aaron and all that stuff. I, oh, I never had a sense of that, I was just ticked off. And I'll never forget, we finished and I went home, or, no, I didn't go home, I went to where we were staying and I called my mom. And said, Mom, these idiots, you're not going to believe this. And she said, what in the world happened? So I told her, and she starts laughing at me. I'm like, it's not funny. And she's laughing, and she says, son, don't you understand what happened? And I'm like, yeah, I understand completely what happened. I, I'm, you know, anyway, went through all that stuff. I wasn't nearly as saved as I am now. But... So she said, son, that's how the prophets in the Old Testament anointed people. And as I began to think about that, you know, and it didn't register. Because at that time, the point I want to make in that is this. At the time, I had no idea, just like David probably had no idea what his future held for him. All he knew is he was being anointed for something. In my world, I thought, I'm going to be anointed to do what I love to do. I had no idea God had a whole different path for me, but I could have walked away, could have done that. No, I just want you to see the purpose that sometimes God anoints you when you're not ready, but He's anointing you for a future moment. And I want you to understand that those moments, I believe this, is God has the ability to increase, spread out seasons, to make them longer, make them shorter, all those things. I think we're in one of those shorter seasons. Because as we see the coming of the Lord draw closer and closer, I understand this. For God to do what his scripture says is going to do in this, these times, all this, I believe there is a unique momentary anointing that God is trying to pour out in his church. And he's pointing to pour it out on you so that you can fulfill what he created you for. But you've got to respond to the call. You've got to come into alignment with his ways. Not yours. We live in a time where many churches, if we're just being very honest, and, and it, it, this is not to bring to criticize or anything, but sometimes you just got to call things what they are. But when somebody tried to move off in a direction that's not biblical, sometimes you just got to tell, you don't need to be there. You don't need to be a part of that. You need to be in a place where it teach, teaches the, the Bible. It's not that hard. But yet what we see is when people try to bend it and say, well, we're not going to do this part. We're going to reject this part and this part. We're just going to take this and this. What are we t- We're trying to customize our faith. In other words, we're trying to mold God to our ways instead of us mold ourselves to his ways. So we need to come into alignment. So remember that. God didn't send the oil to David. David had to come to the oil. You know, that's why I think it's important for sometimes... And not every time, I mean, it's different for every person. You know, I I think sometimes people forget the power of an altar experience. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I believe you can be as saved and set free sitting in a seat, sitting watching this online, all these things, it can happen anywhere. But I'm just telling you, there are certain moments that only happen. It's like there's something that happens. Why? Because it's a response. And it changes things, but we're so accustomed. Well, I I don't want to be out of place. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. All these things. Can I just tell you this? If you're wanting the anointing of God on your life for the next for your destiny, if you're wanting to walk through that gateway of destiny that God has for you, get ready to be uncomfortable. It's going to happen. And learn. We just embrace being uncomfortable. It's the way it works. But I think it's important for us to understand that we need to come to that anointing. We need to respond to the call of the Spirit on our lives. And I believe right now that God is calling many right now. On Wednesday nights, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and encountering Him. And I'm just telling you, there's a hunger. There's a hunger for truth. There's a hunger for all these things. And I want to tell you this, the world is searching for answers. Let's be the answer. Let's show them who Jesus is. Not show them how broken we are or how screwed up we are. Let's show them how good Jesus is. You can do that. But I think it's so important for each one of us. So let, let, I want to shift to one more perspective in this, and I'm going to share one more with you. Is the other perspective is Samuel's perspective in this. And I think this is really interesting because, first of all, Samuel had gone through all these guys. You know, he's kind of working in secret here so he can protect his life and all this. And God said, that's fine, but you still need to obey me, all right? And here's Samuel. He's had all these young men who were uh, just impressive candidates, so to speak. And you know, Samuel, because he still was human, in my mind, when I read that... When he saw Eliab the first, it's almost like he was comparing the future anointed one to the past anointed one. Oh, he kind of looks like Saul. Remember Saul? He was taller than everybody. He was broad shouldered. He was good looking. He was everything that made everybody. That's a leader. We see what that got him. But however, we see Samuel here, and he's going through all this. Seven. he He's gone through seven. Can you imagine? He's going, okay, I think I might have called the wrong family here. <laughs> right? But yet, here's the point I want to make with that. Because to live on point, don't stop. Don't stop believing when things don't seem to fall where you thought they would. Let me say it one more time. To live on point, that's not the right one. To live on point, don't stop believing when things don't seem to fall where you thought they would. How many times have you walked in life and you felt like you were following God, you were working for God, you were doing all this stuff and things didn't play out the way you thought they would? Anybody? Wow, some of y'all not even tried? Because I'm gonna tell you, it doesn't take long before that happens. I mean, you know, it's like I look through my life and you go, oh, wow, that didn't happen like I thought it would, that didn't happen like I thought it would, and then you look back and you go, oh, that's better. That is so much better than what I thought it was going to be. So I want to let you know that we need to trust God no matter what it looks like. We need to be like Samuel, I'm going to keep going until God speaks and says that one some of you are looking for the doors that you're supposed to be walking through and you're saying I'm trying I'm trying first of all get yourself in alignment with God and next don't stop trying don't get frustrated and quit because I'm just telling you something it could be the very next door Who knows? Just like Samuel, he went through all seven, and it was the very last one, the one that nobody thought would be the one, yet here it is. So today, I want you to understand that God's got a plan and an anointing for you, but the choice is yours. It's up to you. At the end of the day, it's up to you. I love where Samuel says, he will not rest. This one translation says it like that. I will not rest until David comes here. Until he is here, we won't turn away. I'm not going. I'm not leaving. I'm not doing anything. How many of you have come to the place in your life where you say, you know what? I am not leaving this moment until I get what God has for me. That's a big deal. I'm not going to turn away. I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep pursuing no matter what. It may not look like I'm getting anywhere. And the world around me may think I'm crazy. But you know what? I know what God called me to. I know that he's, he's here. I know that he's able. Now I know this. I need to hang on. And I need to say, I'm going to hang on and keep believing. And I'm stepping into it because I need that anointing in my life. I need it. I'm desperate for it. So he says, I will not rest until David comes into alignment. It's basically what he's saying. And and it brings me to this. I have one thing I want to share with you today. It's a question. What is God waiting on you to do or for you to move, for you to come into alignment with him? Because can I tell you this? You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. When we take that simple understanding and realize that God wants to do something incredible in your life, but you have a part to play. What is God waiting on you to do or you to move for you to come into alignment with Him? What is it you need to let go of? What part of your life do you know doesn't honor God? These are heavy questions, but they're real. Because we want to serve God, yet we have this flesh that fights us so hard. But can I tell you something? You're going to have to woman up. You're going to have to man up, and you're going to have to reject some of the things of your world and the things of your flesh, and you're going to, have to say, "No, no, no. My anointing, my future is more important than this current feeling that I've got." This anger that I'm holding, this lust that's in me at the moment, this, this uh, hurt, this anxiety, whatever it is, I refuse to allow this moment to keep me from the great thing that God has for me tomorrow. I'm going to respond to God's call and I'm going to walk in that anointing. I need to know what it is. What needs to move? What needs to move? Some of you are bound by your finances. You say, what was that? Oh, here we go. No, I'm just telling you. Some of you are bound by your finances. You're holding your finances so tightly that you're not honoring God with what he's given you. And the very thing that you're holding so tightly is the very thing God said, if you'll just let go and be a conduit, I will bless you more. Some of you need your marriage healed but yet you're hanging on to all your anger, you're hanging on to hurt, you're hanging on to all this stuff and you won't let it go. Can I tell you this? There's no such thing as a perfect spouse. Exactly. Yep. Sorry, Craig. There's no such thing as a perfect spouse. We all say dumb things, right? You know, it's like, it's like uh, so, you know, I love talking about me and Tawana. So the other day, actually it was last night, yesterday, yeah, it was last night, and uh, she was walking through the room, and, and I had I'd been working in the yard yesterday, and, and had some brush out there, so I was kind of burning it out in the fireplace, and uh, outside, and, and just kind of getting some stuff, and I walked back in, and, uh, and she said, where have you been? And I said, well, I've been in the backyard burning some brush, and she gave me this look. <laughs> like, I'm sure that looks exactly like what it looked like. And I'm like, what was that look for? Have you ever, guys, have you ever done that? Don't do that. I said, I said, what was that look for? She goes, well, what do you mean? And I went, you gave me a look. I didn't give you a look. No, you gave me a look. You don't want me to burn brush, you know. This is this, this is the tri- this is the the slippery slope it could have went down, you know. And I'm going, it's so dumb. You know, here's what should have happened. I should have walked up and he said, "Where have you been?" I said, "I've been outside praying in front of the fireplace." Right? Because I was, but I didn't say it correctly. Because then she'd have went, oh instead of what I got. But yet, if she had given me a look, I should have said, it's totally fine. She's, whatever, it's a look. Sometimes you have to let go of things that we misunderstand, because can I tell you something? You're not gonna always understand what other people are trying to communicate. Have you ever ever gotten a text, and you're going, oh. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna tell them. Or, you know, it's like, oh, you just wait. I don't even know what all of them do. I was trying to think of some clever thing to say. I don't even know what they are, but it's like they, they, you can't see the context in a text because when you read it, you're basing it upon how you feel in the moment, right? When you walk home from work, maybe I just need to stick here for just a second. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. My numbers aren't red yet. They said when it's red, I got to shut up. So anyway, when… The truth is, is in your marriage and all this stuff, there comes a place where you have to realize just, you know what, some things I need to let go. Because my future marriage, hopefully the same one you're in, is so important that I'm not gonna get locked in to a temporary moment because I had a bad day, so now I'm misreading everything that comes at me. And you know that's the truth. Because when you're ill, yep, yep. it don't matter what nobody says. Right. <laughs> so let it go. And you say, well, what does it have to do with anything that we're doing here? Because you need to go to the anointing. Don't sacrifice like David could have. It's like, well, I've been rejected. Why in the world do I need to go now? But yet, your anointing for tomorrow is waiting on you. Your incredible marriage. It's waiting on you. You're a credible gifting and what God's called you to. And you say, but I don't know what that is. It's waiting on you. So let God anoint you now for that future that he's got planned for you. Because let me tell you just honestly as I close, we need you. The kingdom of God needs you. We need your heart. There's enough plastic, phony stuff out there. We need need real believers who understand, you know what? Life is difficult. But yet we serve a Savior who loves us so much that He's never going to leave us. And He has the strength and the power that we need for whatever we're facing. That's the reality. So what is the gateway to our destiny? How do we come into alignment to live on point, it comes back to our vision statement. God's called us to love deeply, to love people at a deeper measure, to love beyond ourselves, to love each other. And not only love each other, but to love those that are lost without God. He's called us to grow daily. How do we grow daily? We spend time with him. We get into our word. We disciple. We we allow ourselves to be discipled. We spend that time with each other. We commit ourselves to the body of Christ. We commit to a family and say, I'm planting, I'm rooting, I'm doing this because this is how we grow. We grow daily. And last, we come to that place where we live fully. How do you live fully If you're not walking in the anointing that God has for you, but I can tell you this, you can and God's got it for you. What will you do? It's the same word that I said last week, the phrase, if not now, when? But you bow your head and close your eyes all across the room. Maybe you're here today and you recognize that there's some things in your life that you need to move. There's some things that you need to change to come into alignment with God. Will you be man or woman enough to sacrifice your pride, to sacrifice how you might feel in a moment, to walk in what God has for you for tomorrow? This is where it's your call. You have to respond. So maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, there's some stuff in my life I need to shift, I need to rearrange, I need to let go of some stuff, I need to get rid of some stuff. Honestly, I need to ask God to forgive me of some stuff. I need you to be praying for me this week because this is a real battle for me and I'm gonna tackle it because I know I need to. If that's you in this house, every head's bowed, every eye's closed, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need you to be praying for me. Would you slip your hands up right where you are so I'll know how to pray for you? Hands going up. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Got you. amen you can place your hands back down now I'm going to ask you another question but first before I do that I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet all across this room I'm going to ask our altar workers and pastors who are available to just to join us at the front very quickly and once again I'd ask this that you bow your head close your eyes one more time You're here today and you know, you know that you're not in the right place with God. You know that there's sin in your life. My job today is not to scare you into forgiveness, but my job is to tell you the truth. And the truth is that the decision that you walk out of here with today is the most important decision that you'll ever make in your entire life and you'll either choose to follow Christ or not and the word tells us that we're not promised tomorrow I want to make sure that today when you leave if you feel that pulling of the Holy Spirit on your life right now that you have the opportunity to change and to surrender to him So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, that's me. This morning, I need Jesus. I need to get right with God. I know there's sin in my life, and it does not honor God. I need Jesus. If that's you, I want you to be bold enough to lift your hand up right now and say, I need that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, ma'am, thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One more time. I'm scanning across one more time. I don't want to miss anybody. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you amen, I, you can place your hands back down in a moment we're going to once more. what is it in your life that you need to let go of or move to come into alignment with God that's the question I want you to walk away with today because that's where the rubber meets the route now you raise your hand and said pastor I need Jesus today here's what we're going to do We're gonna say a prayer together as a family. And here's what I'm gonna ask you. You raised your hand and said this, and unless the Holy Spirit leads me to, I'm not calling people to the front. But what I will tell you is this, you know you need Jesus, you're fixing to say this prayer. Tell somebody about the decision that you're making today tell them why do I need to tell somebody pastor because you're not meant to walk alone we need each other you know why we need each other because there will be a day when you're weak and somebody else is strong and they've got you there's going to be a day when they're weak and you're strong and you've got them we need each other that's why God created the church so today we're going to say this prayer together as family So here we go. You can just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sin and I turn away from my past. Today I'm forgiven, I'm a new creation. And my best days are in front of me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Can you give the Lord some...